Hello listeners, this is Travis E. Taylor bringing you the next chapter of my novel, Good Clean Fun, the story of Mercury and her group of nine teenage misfits she uses to help build her empire. She will mold the world to her will in search of wealth and power, puppeteering her team she'll use violence to dominate the drug game in her small city. I'll be releasing the story as an ebook and a podcast week by week, chapter by chapter. You can keep up with each release by following me on Facebook or Instagram with the handle Travis E. Taylor Author. Don't forget to like and subscribe on whichever app you're listening. So last time on Good Clean Fun, we met Venus, the police chief's daughter and a high school junior with a budding drug problem. Today's episode, we'll meet yet another new character, Jupiter. Jupiter is about to graduate, and with the help of his father, he'll be making some important choices about his future. It's a special episode today, given our voice actor is Ernest Taylor, a.k.a. my pops, uh, who will naturally be voicing Jupiter's dad. And with that, let's get into it by taking a deep breath. Okay, chapter six, Jupiter, two weeks later. Jupiter typed the alphabet from A to Z as fast as he could, then pressed enter and began again at A. He tried to count how many seconds it took, but he struggled to simultaneously track the letters and numbers. The clock at the bottom right of the screen showed 2.25 p.m. They were only 15 minutes into class. They had been instructed to put the finishing touches on their persuasive essay, which was due soon. He couldn't remember exactly what day. He himself had not yet started writing. To his right, Vanessa Avila, a silent, greasy-haired girl, was combing over her two-page essay for errors. But given she had only been in the country for less than a year, she missed most of them. Jupiter felt a ping of pity, but nothing lasting. His pity morphed into self-loathing at lightning speed. All that white privilege people loved to talk about landed him in the same remediated class she was in. He didn't care to dive into how or why, but he certainly felt wronged, somehow slighted. He couldn't manage to even begin the task at hand. Arguing was never his strong suit. He had no moral certitude regarding political issues, and even if he had, the last thing he would do was write a 500-word essay on the subject. The man to his left, after all, they were both men now, 18 years old and little more than a month left until graduation, bashed two keys with his pointer fingers loudly. Six, then nine, then six, then nine, then six, then nine, and so on. He wore a manic smile Jupiter recognized well. Saturn worked hard to ensure the name Ronnie Jefferson came with a reputation. He was a pathological hellraiser. When the mood struck, as it often did, Saturn would do anything in his power to agitate a nearby target he deemed to have ill-gotten authority. Saturn was a Leo, and it showed. Miss Jacobs sat in the corner of the computer lab, looking deflated. She clearly didn't possess the will to go head-to-head with Saturn yet again this week. Saturn was a small, sinewy black man whose arms and legs were thin but deceivingly coated in the muscle of one whose hobbies were all quite strenuous. Jupiter could see the veins in his forearms protruding as he continued to slam the keyboard sadistically. 
His scarlet t-shirt hung loose on him, several sizes too large, featuring an exaggerated caricature of the 44th president, ears drawn offensively elephant-like. Written under the cartoon was, Not My President. Saturn wore it often and the image was faded as a result. Jupiter studied him, his nerves taut. The thought of the quiet of the room being broken by another confrontation with the young teacher made his anxiety bubble unbearably. His hands went unconsciously into his pockets where he found the cool metal grip of his dad's 9mm Smith & Weston shield. He stroked the metal with two fingers and thought of the conversation with his father earlier that day at the breakfast table. Faith, his father's third wife and newest bride, busies herself in the kitchen scrambling eggs and burning bacon. Her firm, perky ass, not yet targeted by father time, was hugged tightly by neon yellow leggings dusted with small blue dots. Jupiter's father was hidden behind his laptop at the table, checking his stocks as he sipped his coffee, already dressed in a navy suit that screamed, I take myself too seriously. Jupiter flipped through this month's Motor Trend magazine, admiring a burnt orange Lamborghini with 19-inch black rims, that matched the double stripes down its center. His eyes were drawn to the Detroit Free Press sitting next to his father. His morning ritual involved the horoscope section of that very paper, for they were inarguably the most accurate, at least in terms of the Pisces. But his father had very clearly expressed his views on that garbage. Mr. Mickey Rogers cleared his throat and abruptly shut his computer, startling Jupiter. Son, you're graduating soon. He said gruffly. He was still a good-looking man, though his blonde hair had grayed. He had a well-cut chin and broad shoulders. His son was blessed to be made in his image. Jupiter nodded apprehensively. Yes, sir. So what's the plan? What are you going to do after high school? His father's bushy eyebrows bunched over his silver-rimmed glasses. A group of wrinkles cut deep into his forehead. Jupiter knew better than to think this question warranted a reply, so he simply looked pensively at the table and waited for his father to tell him the answer. I'd like you to run one of the oil change shops. I'm thinking the one on 14th, across from your Aunt Nellie's antique shop. He studied his son for a moment. Jupiter looked up at him briefly, only to drop his gaze again to his hands, resting flatly on the closed magazine. He stared at the dirt lodged under his fingernails. Thank you, sir. That, that would be nice. Jupiter had never been much of an actor. Nice? That's all you have to say? You'd be running the place, obviously. You know how many high school graduates step into a general manager's position? Another rhetorical question asked vehemently. None. That's how many. His father started coughing, <coughs> launching bits of coffee-coated spittle on Jupiter's magazine. Faith who had been pretending not to listen, brought over a glass of water followed shortly by her husband and stepson's breakfast plates. The toast was as burnt as the bacon, and she had clearly forgotten to grease the pan she cooked the eggs in, but the effort and improvement were both noticeable. Thank you, honey. His father said, his voice still raspy. Jupiter shuddered. Though his mother Whitney had left, and who could blame her, when he was only six... He remembered his father using the same pet name, Honey. Additionally, he addressed his second wife, Tiffany, with the same repurposed endearment. Whitney, Tiffany, and now Faith. WTF. 
as in, what the fuck was he thinking? His favorite joke since the wedding the previous year, one Faith smiled cringingly at every time it was recycled. His father took a deep pull from the glass of water before directing his attention back to his son. So? It's just that I was hoping you'd let me, you know, work at one of the body shops. You know, I've been doing a lot of work on my Camaro, and his father cut him off unceremoniously. That body shop is well beyond your scope, son. Real money passes through that place, and serious customers. It's not for you. The old change is simple. It isn't too busy, and to be frank, it will give you time to pull your shit together and start taking yourself a bit more seriously. These last words cut deeply. Jupiter continued staring at the table, thinking of all the reasons his father was right. He didn't get good grades. He wrecked his Mustang last fall. He never showed any genuine interest in his father's business beyond the time spent under the hood. He collected speeding tickets like most kids collected DVDs. I understand, sir. He paused before adding, thank you. His father had trained him well. After Mickey left for work and Faith for her yoga class, his anger started to bubble. Still sitting at the kitchen table, he was furious at his father, a ruthless businessman who applied the same tactics used in acquiring a new piece of real estate to his relationships with his son and wives. But greater than his outward fury was his anger at himself. He battled the familiar dirty shame associated with conversations of any length with his father. He hated the submissive slug he became seemingly at his father's whim. Jupiter swept his cold, untouched breakfast plate off the table with his forearm, launching it skidding across the smooth, oyster-shell flooring that Faith had picked out herself. In Jupiter's experience, the first step of being a new wife was redecorating, the equivalent of lifting your leg and pissing on your new territory. He was disappointed the plate remained intact, most of the meal sticking to its vessel. Again, he looked longingly at the newspaper on the table, but he knew that this was a moment for him to take the reins of his own life. He racked his brain for the act of rebellion his indignation necessitated. He considered putting another hole in the wall of his room, driving his father's Escalade to school, tearing the widescreen television off of the wall of the living room it presided over. None of these gestures sufficed. They were a little too grand, a little too risky. After some deliberation, he rose from the table in the silent home and walked the hallway off the back of the kitchen, passing by the entryway, Faith's home gym, his father's reading room, and ascending the carpeted stairs to their bedroom. He opened the door slowly, afraid of the creak echoing through the empty house, calling attention to his intended transgressions. Their bed was unmade. Faith was new, but she would learn. Mickey preferred the bed made daily ideally before breakfast. With time, she would understand that Mickey's preferences should be treated as law. Jupiter walked to the sliding door that concealed his father's closet of suits, ties, watches, cufflinks, shoes, and tie clips. He walked to the back of the narrow room and divided the hangers supporting a cluster of monocolored dress shirts, a rank of soldiers serving as the last line of defense. Unveiled was a circular keypad with a small rectangular screen. Jupiter typed 062264, his father's birthday. A salesman that is a cancer. How predictable. 
the keyboard sang a three-note tune, and then the door unlatched with a satisfying click. Inside were two deep shelves. The upper supported a collection of paperwork. The one below held bars of precious metals and a box of checks. The lip of the bottom shelf protruded slightly. Jupiter placed his pointer finger under the edge and lifted it, revealing a party of lightweight pistols, nothing large, nothing flashy. His father was a pragmatic man in many ways. Jupiter feigned weighing his options, but his choice was clear. The thin Smith & Weston 9mm with thumb safety and a matte black finish. The weapon sat naturally in his hand, the grip snuggled perfectly into his palm. He turned around sharply on his heels, both hands on the pistol aiming at the door he entered through, and squeezed the trigger several times, making the exploding noises himself. Blah, blah, blah! He smiled, feeling the morning's weight become just a touch more tolerable. Holding the weapon made him feel hopeful. He could not be sure why he had it, what he would do with it, or what would happen should he be caught with it, but he could sense the world opening up to him. Saturn continued to bash the keys 6 and 9, now adding a little note every time he dropped his finger. Do, 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 do. Jupiter suspected it was meant to be Freebird. Eager to stop the noise, to bring the room and his life back to a quiet order, Jupiter pulled the pistol from his pocket. He released the magazine under the table, still full, then pushed it back into the gun. The room was silent again, and he looked over to Saturn, who was wide-eyed. His bottom lip dropped a bit. His poorly manicured natural clouds of hair hung over his left eye. Hair, Jupiter thought, made him look a bit like Sideshow Bob from The Simpsons. Saturn tunneled his lips and blew the hair out of the way. Jupiter switched the pistol from his right hand to his left, and Saturn recoiled. Jupiter pivoted the gun in his hand, now holding the barrel and offering it to his classmate. He mouthed, Do you want to hold it? Confused, Saturn reached for it, quickly concealing it between his own legs. The thrill sat plainly on his face. The remainder of the class period was spent in blissful silence, and Jupiter could not help but think he had done a good deed. Even Miss Jacobs seemed to have found a little tranquility. Saturn returned the gun at the bell with a wink and Jupiter returned it to his pocket. Well, I hope you enjoyed this chapter of Good Clean Fun. Again, I'll be releasing the story chapter by chapter, week by week. If you're eager to see what happens next, uh, the next chapter is already available on Amazon Kindle and Ladderpress. Links to both can be found on my website, travisetaylor.com. And when you're there, uh, don't forget to sign up for my newsletters. I'd like to thank my dad, Ernie Taylor, for voicing Mickey Rogers perfectly. Last week, I was lucky enough to get uh, my friend Kate, who is an officer, on the podcast, and he got to voice one of our villains. And I don't know if... Um, if Jupiter's dad here can really be considered a villain. Um, but my dad's always been really uh, supportive of everything I've tried, and I thought it was a lot of fun to have him voice um, Jupiter's less-than-supportive father. Um, anyways, uh, so thanks a lot, Dad. I appreciate you doing that. Um, I'd also like to thank Danny Contreras for laying down the killer riff you heard at the top of the podcast. 
And lastly, I want to thank you for making the time to join me. Uh, see you next week for more good, clean fun when we are going to join Mercury on her search for some much needed muscle in her growing entourage. See you then.